Master Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Master Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. That's right, SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including Swamp Boys Genetics, TH Seeds, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Benson, and you're listening to the Grow From Your Heart podcast, hosted by my buddy, Rasta Jeff. Yeah, welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff. And this is episode 664 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of Patreon questions. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shoutouts to a few of the great folks who support the show on Patreon. Let's start off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to a new supporter. Let's send a big thank you to Jessica K. Let's follow that up with a big thank you. Shout out to Josiah W. I want to send a big thank you. Shout out to my buddy Lefty's Farm. Let's send a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to Single T and Green Vet 88224. Let's send a big special thank you. Shout out to a longtime supporter, Kess Burton. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you. Shout out to New Old Guy. I want to send a big thank you. Shout out to Levity Love Day and Brohan78. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to Don't Tread On Me 420. I want to send a big fist bump and a thank you. Shout out to Gramps Memo. Then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend Terp Burglar. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And you know, I did include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. This is the part of the show where I invite you to join the Irie Army, the Grow From Your Heart podcast, the Irie Genetics Discord server. That's right, we've got a Discord server with a little bit over 1,000 members. I hang out in the Discord channel, I join the voice chat, I join the video chat, I'm always in the chat just typing stuff in the group chats, the general chat, the Irie chat. Join me on Discord, we do some giveaways, some other things happen over there that you may be interested in. Stay up to date on the Discord channel. There is a link in the very top of the show notes and in the video description. I do want to apologize for the last episode. It was not up to the quality, uh, the standards that I am used to delivering. There were a couple of technical issues, a couple of glitches. I did have to cut out part of that podcast. I'm not making any excuses. It's all my fault, but I do apologize. 
it was not what I am used to delivering. I will do better this time and in the future. Again, we're learning new gear. Sometimes some equipment's not going to cooperate. Sometimes some memory cards will have a bad day and things will go wrong. We will do our best to work around those things. Anyway, thank you for all the feedback, the questions, the corrections, the comments, and the concerns from the last episode. I do appreciate it and I will do better in the future. Um, where do we go from here? New merchandise. I am working on new merchandise. In a previous episode, I did ask for merchandise ideas. I wanted your feedback, your input, because you will be the people uh, wearing the merchandise, playing with the merchandise, rocking the gear, whatever I have made, printed, designed, uh, you will be the ones rocking it. So I did want your feedback. There are some new things coming. Uh, Some of the merch will take approximately 10 to 12 weeks to be printed and sent to me or designed and built and made and sent to me. Other things will be ready in approximately two to four weeks. We're in a really weird time right now for ordering things. We're coming out of one phase and into another phase and possibly back to another phase of the world right now. Uh, Buying, shipping, receiving is weird. There is new merchandise coming. Thank you for all of the great feedback and input when I did ask for merchandise ideas. You guys did a wonderful, guys and gals did a wonderful job. So look forward to new merchandise coming. Uh, That stuff will be on the website when it is available. It will pop up on the iReGenetics web store. How can you stay updated and know when the new stuff arrives? That's a really good question. All you have to do is go to the website, scroll approximately halfway down. There's a spot that you can join the iReGenetics newsletter. When you join that newsletter, approximately once a month, you'll get an update that will let you know what new merch is available. It will let you know what new strains may be available, what coupon codes are active. I try to make a new coupon code every month uh, for either the merchandise store or maybe for a vendor. Uh, Stay up to date, coupon codes, new drops, new merchandise. It all comes out in the newsletter. I only try to send them out about once a month. I try not to overload you, bombard you with too much stuff, but I do try to keep you updated, send you some coupon codes, some discounts, things like that, some news. Uh, If I'm going to be on a special podcast or do a special event, I try to let you know through the newsletter. So go to the website, iregenetics.com, scroll down, find the newsletter section, put in your email address, you'll be added to the newsletter. And then once a month, you will get an update. We'll let you know what's going on. My goal is to have this new gear, uh, most of it in stock, the new merchandise. I'm hoping to have a lot of it here uh, for Black Friday. So we can do a Black Friday sale and get you guys a lot of new gear. A lot of people have been asking for uh, some of the shirt sizes that are sold out. I'm going to replace those. I will add new designs. Try to get that here for Black Friday. The stuff that doesn't make it by Black Friday, I'm trying to have it for Christmas. Uh, Then we'll find out what sells well and we'll restock that stuff and hopefully have it for the Endo Expo. So you'll have a few opportunities for new merchandise. Stay tuned. Things are coming. I mentioned the Endo Expo. That's right. Uh, February, February 4th and 5th in Denver. I'm going to grab my phone and rudely here, make sure that I'm telling you the right date uh, because I don't want to give you the wrong date. It is February. That is right. February. Nope. It's February 5th and 6th in Denver, Colorado. That's right. The Endo Expo in Denver. Uh, Join us. Irie Genetics will be at the Endo Expo in Denver, Colorado, February 5th and 6th. I'm going to verify that date one more time just because I'm really wanting to be sure to give you the right date. The Friday, no, it's the Saturday and Sunday is the 5th and 6th. That is correct. 5 and 6 of February 2022. I'm not sure if I said the year, but February 2022, the Endo Expo 
will be at a different location. Also, if you're used to joining us at the Endo Expo, it will not be at the Denver Mart this year. It will be at the Denver Convention Center, so make your plans accordingly. Maybe some adjustments to make there. I look forward to seeing you at the Denver Endo Expo, February 5th and 6th, 2022. It feels weird to say 2022. Got to look over at the phone and make sure I'm saying the right date. We're talking about far into the future here. Join us at the Indo Expo, guys. We should have some cool merch and plenty of strains available. All right, that is enough rambling at the top of the show here. I do have some cannabis-related content. That is what you tuned in for. I've got a great question here in front of me. All right, this question comes from a friend. Do they want their name said? I don't see their name on here, so I don't think they want their name said. Let's just keep them safe and anonymous. Their question goes a lot like this. It says... I had an intersex plant seed all of my females. Are the seeds feminized or are they intersex plants? That is a good question. So this grower had a plant that they did not notice. It was turning intersex in their garden. That is a common thing that does happen. Uh, And it seeded all of their female plants. Now they've got a bunch of seeds in the garden. The main question is, are the seeds that come from this going to be feminized or are they more intersex seeds? That's a very good question, a very common question. The first thing I can say is they are not feminized. They came from an intersex plant, which means they've got an intersex trait, which means you may find more intersex traits in the offspring. You may get some straight females out of there, but you may get a bunch of intersex plants. You will not get feminized seeds out of here because they were not made from a properly reversed female plant with proper feminizing technique. There's more of a method to that. There's more selection to that. Uh, Fem seeds are not made from intersex plants. If they are, then the offspring will display that intersex trait. So the pollen donor on this plant was actually an intersex plant, which means uh, you are putting uh, 50% of your offspring of the cross of that is intersex. So you're going to get a very strong likelihood of intersex plants. You do not have fems. Uh, they may be intersex, but you may find some amazing females. I talk a lot about how uh, some of the most popular prolific strains we smoke and consume and breed with now were accidents. Uh, the chem dog was an accident. Sour diesel was allegedly an accident. Uh, Gorilla Glue number four was an accident. Golden Goat was an accident. A lot of the greatest shit we talk about were accidents. <clears throat> so you may have a bunch of intersex junk. You could have some amazing gems, or you could have complete trash in there. The best way to find out is to grow them. Don't give them to any friends. Don't spread them out. Don't put these potentially problematic seeds in any other gardens. Grow them in your garden. Pay close attention to them. Uh, Grow them until they're big enough to get a clone. Pull a clone off of it. That way you've got a keeper. That way if you come up with the next chem dog, you've got a keeper, and you don't grow it one time and get heartbroken. Get a clone. Grow it. Flower it out. Find out what you've got. You could have, like I said before, they could all turn intersex right away. They could turn intersex mid-flower. They could turn intersex late flower. Pay attention to every single plant very carefully. Weed out the junk. Keep the champions. Maybe you've got something amazing. Run 10 or 20 of those seeds. Uh, That's going to tell you a good idea of what you've got. If more than half of them are intersex, don't run any more of them. Get rid of them is my opinion, unless you really want to run the risk and you don't have more seeds to play with. Those are free seeds. Those are testers. See what you've got there. All right. Uh, Thank you for the great message. You did not say that you want your name included, so I'm not going to say your name here on the show. Big shout out. You know who you are. Uh, Next time, you're going to have to keep an eye on that intersex plant a little bit better and make sure you don't get a whole bunch of seeds. Hopefully, you got some smokable, consumable product out of that as well. 
Uh, hopefully, you got something to use, and now you learned something. All right. This question comes from my friend. I'm not sure if I should say their name because they are asking industry questions. Let's just not single my friend out and say his name. Uh, bro, thank you for the great question. You know who you are. I consider you a bro, a friend. So this one came from my friend. It says, I've got a good question from you. I just finished listening to the phenotype episode, and I wanted to get your input on how you feel about commercial growers using autos and untested genetics. <clears throat> All right, so he's asking how I feel about commercial cultivation facilities using autoflower plants and untested genetics. With all of the states starting to realize medical and recreational cannabis isn't going away, there are a lot of folks with cash but zero to minimal knowledge on how to grow or even what to look for in a plant. Uh, that is absolutely true. Uh, now that I've been working in the industry a few months, uh, it's wild how many growers just get clones or seeds from someone and just run them. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes that's the option. That is the only thing to do it is just get some seeds or clones and just run them and figure it out. You got to figure it out somehow. And yeah, it would be much better to run tested genetics. But if you get a clone from somebody, even if they ran it and they tested it, they ran it and they tested it. That's like somebody dating a girl and telling you, no, she's great, bro. You should marry her. And you're like, you dated her, not me. Maybe it's a different, maybe I'm into different shit. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, you should do your own selection but you've got to get your seeds and clones from somewhere. So you've got to use your resources, especially in a new, uh, an emerging market without a lot of resources. Let me read more into this and we will talk about doing selection and things like that. It's wild how many growers just get seeds, uh, clones from someone and just run them. I understand it's a huge time saver, especially for those newly legal states, but I find it as an easy way out. Unless those growers are explaining that they are working toward creating and finding their own strains, and their medical purposes, uh, in the meantime, are running some things they believe it's just the best option until they get their own stuff up and running. A lot of times it's all about where do you get a clone? Where do you get the plants? Everybody's going to want to have OG Kush on the shelf. Everybody wants Chemdog, Sour Diesel, uh, Bubblegum. All the old guys want Acapulco Gold, uh, Panama Red. Uh, everyone's going to have the stuff that they grew up with, like around when they were 18 or 19 and they were smoking that, that's what they're going to go to the dispensary and ask for. That's the popular shit. If you're younger, you're going to want sour diesel or Girl Scout cookies. If you're a little older, you might ask for White Widow. If you're even older, you want that fucking Acapulco gold and that older shit. So it's all about uh, what people want. But then how do you get that? Who's got the clone? If you're in some new state that just came legal and there's not a big market and you're not into the community, into the scene, if you're just uh, somebody who's got money and passion and you want to jump into it, open up a new weed business. You don't know people like me and you with clones and people out there in the industry who have cuts of old heirloom stuff. So they just don't have access to it. They don't have it. So they've got to find some seeds. They've got to get some clones and just run it. Um, because if another dispensary has OG Kush, they're not going to give it to them because that's how they're going to dominate the market. And the people that want OG Kush are going to go over there. So it becomes a, that's when cuts and seeds and plants all become kind of, that's when it becomes a, a huge commodity and more desirable. That's when clones become expensive. So now let's talk about um, just popping seeds. Popping a bunch of seeds is how they are going to find something that sets them apart. That's how I find strains and breeding projects and plants that set me apart. I pop a bunch of seeds and I find the champs in there. Everybody's got the clone. It's a clone. That guy's got it. That guy's got it. That commercial girl's got it. That girl's got it. 
everybody has that clone, but if you grow from seed and you don't share the clone, your commercial facility could be the only one with that dark hollow cut that tests at 39% THC and just drips with terps and it trims itself and it puts on a green light when it's ready for harvest. You may find that one in the pack. If you find that plant, do send me a clone. But you've got to grow from seed to find that. Um, hopefully, and this is a good thing to talk about right now at this time of the year. I did put out a similar episode to this last year. Here's something we can talk about. If you're going to run untested stuff, run small batches. Don't run big-ass plants of untested genetics. Run a plant big enough to get a clone, take a clone from that plant, sex either the original plant that grew from seed or that clone, just put it into 12-12 and flower it long enough for it to show you if it's a boy or a girl. If it's a boy, toss it. If it's an intersex plant, toss it. Unless, of course, you're looking for a breeding project, then keep that boy no matter what, toss the intersex plants. When you find the good females or when you find the females, grow those out to flower. Then dry them, cure them, and smoke them, and find the females that are most desirable for your grow, for your customers, for your clientele, for your situation, and then continue with that phenotype. But the only way to do it is to grow from seed, but you should grow small tester batches. I see people putting giant plants outside, and they're, uh, we're a couple of weeks into the flowering season now in a few places, and people have nine-foot-tall male plants outside, and they're going, what's wrong with this plant? And I'm saying that's a male plant and you're pollinating everything for miles around if you don't cut that down soon. And why did you spend months and months watering and taking care of a big ass plant that we could have found out that was a male months ago and not wasted the time, energy, resources? A lot of places it's illegal. So they're up there growing an illegal plant, nurturing it, loving it, taking pictures, posing, taking selfies with it. And now they got to cut it down and they were committing felonies and they don't even have anything to show for it. <coughs> Excuse me for the throat clearing. But so let me get back to the original question. How do you feel about commercial growers using autos and untested genetics? Um, autos is going to be uh, an option for everybody. And autos are great if you get them from a reliable auto breeder. Big shout out to Mephisto Seeds. Uh, they don't pay me to say that. I believe those are quality seeds. Um, so autos are always an option for everybody if that fits your needs. Um, then how do I feel about untested genetics? Run a small batch and test them. Uh, the way to do it is to have one of the growers, maybe the lead grower, grow the untested stuff at home. If you've got the opportunity, the space, if things work like that for you, do all the testing in a small area at home and then take that to the commercial grow later. Make it like a home project or dedicate some space to R&D because those untested genetics, maybe that's where you find the gems. You don't know if they're hot fire or if they're turds. You don't know what's in there yet because they're untested. So if you can dedicate just a two five by five areas or four lights or three lights to just testing you can find a lot of good shit in there and you, you got to do something man um like a lot of people so imagine if you were friends and you're a huge member of the irie army and part of the community imagine if you were just in the middle of america i'm not even going to pick a state because then that state will start emailing me you're just in a state that doesn't have medical or recreational cannabis and then you see like, hey, in the next six months, we're going to be opening dispensaries and commercial grows. And you're like, I really want to do that. And they're like, cool, here's all your licensing and stuff. Where are your plants coming from? You're going to go, I don't know. You're going to have to start with something. You're going to have to be resourceful and you're going to have to do the best with what you've got until you can do better. So yeah, hopefully these dispensary grows that you're talking about are doing some pheno hunts and they're just putting out what they can while they've got it. Keep in mind, bro, this is a brand new industry. In a lot of places, this is brand new. 
uh, the commercial grow, the dispensary, it was all just birthed. So it will only get better, hopefully. Sometimes corporate comes in, sometimes new rules and laws come in and kind of squish it a little bit, but I should just get better, especially with strain selections, uh, especially as the industry grows and the competition settles down a little bit. Right now, it's just so much competition that no, no other grower, uh, no other uh, dispensary, no other cultivation facility is going to share elite cuts. That's what separates us. I said that before. Like if you had the magic spell that everybody wanted to buy, would you give the spell to somebody else so they could make part of the money too? Or are you just going to bring all the money into your business? That's just how it's always worked. That's why I've always encouraged pheno hunting through seeds. You could find that cultivar, that cut that is just amazing. And nobody else ever around you has it because you found it in a pack of seeds. You didn't share it. Don't give a clone out. Eventually an employee in the commercial facility will steal it and then it will get out. That's just how it always works. But uh, if you don't share that thing, it'll be yours. It'll keep your facility rocking for years to come. So let me catch more of this message. There is more to it, um, unless they're explaining they're working in the meantime. Yeah, they've got to do something, bro. Uh, they've got to run the best option until they get their shit up and running. And it always takes a while to dial it in. How was your first crop? How was your second and third crop? Imagine those crops at scale. I don't know how big the commercial grows you're looking at are. Uh, commercial grows in my mind, or at least 50 lights. When you start saying 25 lights, maybe, but like 50 lights to a hundred, a hundred is a real commercial grow. That's a big boy grow in my mind. Imagine the first run in a brand new building with the commercial grow with the new, a new lead cultivator, a new staff, new equipment, a new room, new lights. Everything is different. Your first crop, the only, and especially maybe new plants, like you don't know any of this stuff. You haven't done it before. You've got, you know how to grow. You know how to turn on the lights, turn off the lights, water the plants, but everything is new. This is a whole new, a uh, new vehicle, a new fucking race this is a whole new game. So there's a lot of learning to be done. Give those grows, those growers, the opportunity to get their shit together. They're going to need two or three grows to fuck it up before they're going to get it right. Uh, and then they're going to get it right and they're going to get real cocky and think they figured it out. And then the seasons are going to change and then they're going to screw up a couple of grows and have to learn how to grow every season differently. That's something they will overlook. All right. Then it goes on. It does say, basically, what is your view on farmers running other people's cuts, genetics, autos? Uh, everything is somebody else's cuts, genetics, autos. I don't think that the commercial farms should be out there breeding. That is my job. I breed. They get seeds. Uh, they find the stuff that works best for their growth. So they've got to run somebody else's stuff. There are uh, commercial facilities out there that actually specialize in providing clones for the commercial market. They'll do the work for you, find stuff that produces well as powdery mildew resistant, bug resistant, uh, puts out good lab tests, good bag appeal. They'll find shit and then they'll sell it to the commercial market. There are several facilities that do that. So the genetics have to come from somewhere, just like breeding. That's just like saying, do you think a breeder should work with somebody else's genetics? I can't just clap my hands and create new strains to work with. It's got to come from somewhere. Uh, do you feel those farmers putting in time to find those strains are getting overlooked because another farmer took someone's word on a clone? Uh, the farmers doing the time get overlooked. Um, no, the farmers doing the time don't get overlooked because they've got a clone that draws everybody to their grow. When we had a rise, my cut of a rise was at a commercial facility. I would post, hey, we just harvested some Arise. It's being transferred to the store tomorrow. It would sell out tomorrow. We're the only one that had it. So um, I don't think the farmers get overlooked. Uh, they knew it was coming from us, and I definitely got my praise um, because another farmer took someone's word on a clone. Um, yeah, if they took someone's word on it, they should run it. 
Don't go running a thousand of them. You should always test everything and see if it's any good and then always let people know like that's the this cut. That's the Arise Rasta Jeff cut or whatever. Um, I don't know if I completely understand that part of the question, but then it does go on. It says, I think it's a great strategy for getting started, but I do feel that the end goal for me as a farmer would be breeding two of my own strains together to create my magnum opus, if you will. Yes, that would be the ideal goal, but in a commercial environment right now, um, the pro- the price and cost of cannabis in Colorado has dropped dramatically. Right now in a new market, I know where you are, herb is worth a lot of money. Stack some of that money up. If you work with the new facility, if you're fucking doing something in that business, stack that money up because it's not always going to be that way. New regulations will come. That's going to cut out part of your income. You're going to need new regulations. You'll need more employees. They're going to add more uh, packaging requirements. All this stuff is going to start cutting out of your income. Then as the market regulates, the price will drop. It's going to get very competitive. You're going to get people supplying more product than people will buy. There'll be outdoor grows. There'll be a lot of indoor grows. People are going to get good at it. Prices will drop. So what I'm getting at is they have to sell every single gram that they can produce. My goal as a uh, when I do consulting for facilities, my goal is to go in and figure out how to maximize production and minimize costs. We've got to spend less and produce more, and my job is to figure out how to do it. I basically go in and find leaks. Where are we fucking hemorrhaging money? Where can we put some patches and save a few bucks here and a few bucks there, produce better quality and more of it? So what I'm getting at is they don't have the room, space, time, money, employees, manpower. They don't have the money, the funding to spend a room on creating new strains. There are some places that have tried to do that and may be doing that, but it's very uncommon because in this market right now, every not every gram, every half gram of flour counts right now to pay the bills. Uh, a pound of weed costs so much to produce, and then when you sell a pound of weed to a market, it doesn't make a lot of profit. There is not a lot of profit per pound right now. You've got to pay uh, for... Uh, if it's vertically integrated, you've got to pay for multiple buildings. That means you've got the commercial facility where you're producing it. You've got the facility where you are turning it into edibles or uh, topicals or whatever it's being turned into. Then you've got the dispensary where it is being distributed. You're paying rent for three facilities. You're paying three licenses. You're paying three staffs. There's a manager, a supervisor, or whatever you want to call it at each facility. If it's the Uh, The extraction facility, the edible facility, the topical facility, that's three managers. There's a cultivation manager, maybe two. There's a dispensary manager. Then there's a compliance manager who goes to all of those and make sure you're following the rules. Then there's a lawyer. Then there's an accountant. Then there's a payroll person. There are so many people to pay, is what I'm trying to say, that there's no profit right now in legal cannabis in Colorado. It's very, very, uh, very low margins, is what I'm trying to say. So at this time, there's no room, no space, no desire to breed seeds in a commercial facility. That's got to be done by guys like myself who are not relying on every gram to pay the light bill because I don't have a trim crew of like nine people who if I get, if I, my business closes, the lead cultivator, the, uh, the consultants, the, uh, who's the person, the compliance manager, the trim crew, the metric person, all those people don't lose their job. So it's a lot uh, It's a lot different to think about. I should be doing the breeding. Those places should be producing just mass quantities of the best herb that they can. Uh, I do appreciate and 
uh, enjoy and admire your goal of breeding two strains together to create your magnum opus, but you'll understand quickly that that's going to take you years. It's going to take a very, very long time. When I was working in commercial facilities, sometimes they would give me uh, they would afford me the opportunity and bless me with a little bit of space to run one or two lights of seeds and do some hunting in there. And then the idea was that they would get to keep the winter and I would get to use their facility for research. So we'd run a hundred seeds. And then in the end, we'd pick one keeper out of that batch of a hundred. I would get to take photos and notes and do a hundred seeds under their grow. I would have a staff running it on the weekend so other people could mess with it. I could take the weekends off and do a normal life. And then at the end, I got all the data, all the reports, all the photos, and they got to keep the winner. And then quite often, I would end up with the clone of that winter plant as well. Uh, but it does take a lot of time and a lot of work to breed, especially in a cultivation facility. Then how are you not going to pollinate everything? If you're trying to make a, a cross in there, you got a male plant in your commercial facility, that's that much time that you can't flower without pollinating something if you're not careful. So that does make a struggle. All right. It does say, I don't know exactly where I was going with this, but maybe this will be a good topic. Uh, and you can give me more insight how it is in Colorado. I think I did kind of ramble and bring this into Colorado as well. So that was a great topic as I'm thinking about visiting Colorado. When I have some extra funds, I'd love to say hello if I pass through your area, I would almost be offended if you don't say hello and if you don't pass through my area, come by, say what's up, would love to meet you, shake your hand, say what's up, give you a fist bump, dab you out, get you so high you're uncomfortable. All right, that is all I've got for this episode. The battery meter on this camera just turned red, so I better hurry up and wrap this shit up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pamps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I want to thank you again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Please don't be shy. Send me all of those messages. Don't forget about the website, iregenetics.com. Don't forget about the Discord link. Uh, that link is in the show notes and in the video description. Also, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. How about subscribe to the YouTube channel and click like on the videos. I would appreciate all of that stuff. Trying to get that push to 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Please help me out. I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. Thanks again for watching. Thanks again for listening. You know I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy John Boy Grows. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mama a hug for me. Thank <laughs> you.